Hello and welcome to Say What, the Electrical Training Alliance's brand new podcast where we hear from those connected to the industry about what's going on in our world of electrical apprenticeship. And we want to hear from you. If there are topics that you would like us to cover, send me an email at saywhat at electricaltrainingalliance.org. My name is Cindy Sandifer, and I will be your host. Joining me is Todd Stafford, our executive director. We've been talking about starting a podcast, I was going to say for a year, and then I thought, eh, it's probably been closer to pre-COVID, yeah, (laughs) that we were talking about starting a podcast, but the stars aligned, so we've pulled together a fantastic team to bring you Say What. Um, Episodes are going to be released monthly. And we'll be talking about things that are going on in our industry. We'll be sharing, yes, about us, but we are not the focus. Uh, We'll be bringing in guests outside of our staff to join the conversation. And on the horizon, we've got episodes planned about VEEP, which is the Veterans Electrical Entry Program. And we'll have a couple of program participants joining us. We're going to talk with the Cassandra Banks Foundation, whose mission is to build a more inclusive industry. We will chat with a few women who are absolute rock stars in our industry about their work and experiences in the electrical trade. And today, we want to talk about one of the essential elements of apprenticeship, the instructors. They are the ones training the future of our industry. They are the connection between what's done on the job and why. So who better to have on our very first episode of Say What? Without further ado, we welcome Chance and Jeff. Uh, So Chance Solomon, I teach third, fourth, and fifth year, uh, work at the um, Electrical Training Alliance of uh, Western Oklahoma. Uh, Eat a walk, I guess, is the acronym they're using. There's so many acronyms. It's ridiculous. (laughs) Um, But I'm here in Oklahoma City. Uh, I've been teaching for eight years now. Um, this would be, be my eighth year. Um, it's, it's been an amazing eight years. It's a, been quite a journey and I've uh, enjoyed every minute of it. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. I still say NJTC every now and it's really, it's pretty much wiped out of my head. Um, but man, those first few years, I was like, I, I, I can't, <laughs> I, I absolutely can't. <laughs> Jeff, will you do your introduction, please? Yes. Uh, my name's Jeff Murata. I, I, I instruct for the Tampa area JATC down here in sunny Tampa, Florida. Um, I teach first through fourth year uh, as it stands now. Um, uh, like Chance, I've been teaching for the past eight years. Um, love what I do. Um, can't say I've had a bad day at work. I've had long days. Uh, but never bad days. That's awesome. Chance was telling us that during your presentation at NTI, I believe he said Mutt and Jeff was how he put it. No one will confirm or deny that he's correct. Well, that <laughs> That's just... Not knowing who was Mutt and who was Jeff, right? Yeah. yeah he was I just talking about height that. difference. <laughs> Chance, I'd be a little bit mad if somebody was calling me Mutt, but... <laughs> No, no, no. He called him. He called one of you, Mutt. He did. He never said which one. 
Just because your name happens to be Jeff, he said. Because my name happens to be Jeff doesn't necessarily mean that's what he said. (laughs) We left it mysterious. What's in that cup as you take a drink? (laughs) Just coffee. Uh huh. With, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. French vanilla creamer. I'm I'm a creamer guy. I like creamer. Oh man. Yes, chance. I had for you. Why do you? That is gone. That is gone. I mean, you got to drink coffee. You drink coffee. I, I'd like creamer. I'll drink black coffee. I, I will. But. It's like drinking a great grind of coffee. What do you do? Double latte, extra cream stuff, whatever it is. Look, Chance, don't let them. <laughs> do not let them tell you that it is not smart to drink cream and flavors and all that good stuff. That's the way to do it. You drink coffee for coffee, not for creamer. You want to exactly. drink, drink, drink exactly. creamer. I probably would. A couple shots of creamer in the morning. Todd drinks this, I literally sick to my good stomach. Uh uh-uh, uh, no, 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 no. She complains about my scotch. You don't like my coffee. I don't. Maybe. I mean, I see do I there. like anything oh, about I you? Know. I can't tell. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so you were both in the military. You both were talking about that. Is that correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm curious, like, how, like, how did you get from, let's say, there to teaching? Like, what, what caused you to move into that? Chance, I'll let you, sorry. I'll let you go first. Uh, Well, I mean, I guess, so, uh, you know, I taught while I was in the Marine Corps. I mean, you do a lot of hands-on training, and uh, I was a radio operator. Uh, I can remember giving classes to other battalions and stuff like that on on radios. Um, But I didn't really ever think about that as teaching. Um, But when I got out of the Marine Corps, um, you know, it's, it's almost like when you get out of the military, it's almost like, getting out of prison like you don't have anything you don't have a job you don't have you know you have like a duffel bag with some stuff in it and that's it um and so i was like oh man i need i need a job and so i was talking to one of my buddies and he was in the apprenticeship so i ended up getting in the apprenticeship but um i want to say it's probably my second year is when i really wanted to be a teacher and my my second year instructor was an amazing guy um he uh really outside the box you know with his teaching methods and and he had me like do a lot of peer-to-peer instruction and do uh, uh, do some presentations and stuff in class, and that's kind of when I wanted to to start teaching. Um, and you know, at the time we were in night school, and so that seemed very doable. Um, but when I hit my fourth year, that's when we transitioned to day school, and so like my class and the class ahead of me, we stayed nights, and everyone else went to days, and they had full-time instructors. So I didn't think I'd ever teach. Um, cause we didn't have the part-time instructors. And then uh, I'd been broke out a couple years and was running work and both, uh, both instructors resigned at the same time, which I should have, I should have looked into that a little more, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I went ahead and, you know, I thought about it for a while. I was like, yeah, I got a really good thing going. I'd started running some pretty big projects and, and that's what I wanted to do. Uh, but then, um, you know, I was like, well, I'm not going to get this opportunity again. You know, uh, teaching jobs just don't open up very often when you have full-time instructors. And so I was like, well, I'm just going to, I'm going to do it and see how it goes. Um, and that was, that was eight years ago. So, but it was a choice. Well, I'm glad you made the choice anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's one of those. And then there's the story right there. That's how it got written. Oh, uh, Jeff, you were so kind to let chance go first. Oh, I, to be honest, I, I enjoy listening to Chance. It's uh, he, he, I've, I've been all the way through um, NTI. I think we were 
from second year on chance weren't we in the same classes yeah so we i mean i've, I've listened to him a lot I've, I've enjoyed what he had to say I've, I've really enjoyed his presentation so i could i'll listen to chance talk it doesn't bother me one bit um i actually did uh, i started teaching my last tour in the service um i, I was i was a p3 air crewman and uh my last tour i finally took some shore duty and uh went into the training squadron and actually went through instructor training uh basically our four-year program at nti the navy does it in five weeks uh it's, it was pretty intense and uh and then they throw you in the classroom and you start teaching these kids and it's a great combination of uh classroom instruction and then hands-on i think that was actually where i was first introduced to blended learning because most of our stuff was computer-based uh, all the students took computer-based tests even though they were working out of workbooks so and then when I got into the trade, unlike you, Chance, I had a job when I got out. I didn't like it, but I had it. I also I had a think, family to support, so it was it was a little different. There was there was I no. I don't think Marine Corps jobs really transfer over to civilian life very easily. I, mine never did. Mine did not at all. My job was breaking stuff. I was a, I was a systems operator. That's all I did. I I always joked to the the, the electricians and electronics techs that. I keep you guys employed by breaking things. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I got out, had a job, didn't care for it. Um, uh, got into the trade a couple years after I, uh, I retired and uh, never looked back. And then it was about fourth year when my instructor had asked me, Do, have you ever thought about being a teacher? And I said, yeah, I've, I've taught before. I've, I enjoy teaching. It was it was a lot more rewarding than I thought it was going to be when I first started, uh, and then they brought me in a couple of years after I turned out uh, on a part time basis, just kind of doing some test remediation and a little bit of hands on, and uh, then it developed into as our program started to get more and more apprentices, we started getting more work. They needed instructors, and uh, they offered me the job, and I've never looked back. There you go. Wow. I have, uh, I've enjoyed just about every minute of it. Okay. So you're saying you enjoy it. I'm curious, like your favorite part, Jeff, I'll come back to you on that one, but your favorite part of being an instructor. Is that for chance or for me? No, that's you. Oh, I'm gonna make you keep um, talking. Seeing the light bulb go off mm. that, that aha moment when you can, you, you, you see the student actually get it and he, turns right around and he'll look at, or he or she'll look and go, I get it. I understand what you're saying now. And know that you just made a difference in their career as well. When you see that, that's what really, that's what brings it home to every instructor. That's oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's uh, it, it's amazing. You know, I, I don't, I can't recall ever really experiencing that when I was doing it for the Navy. Um, but when I got in here and, and you start dealing with kids that, that were just like me that had no knowledge of the trade or, or the industry at all. And uh, within a few months, they're, they're explaining to you uh, what you had explained to them just a couple weeks ago. Yeah, making that connection. I would think, you know, there, there's just something really nice awesome. about that. It, it's, it's awesome. And, and to be honest, it's like playing golf. 
Todd, you have that one swing to get you back on the course again. Oh yeah, yeah, that one shot per round, right? You got to play that's, again, no doubt. It's that it's that one moment, that aha moment that gets you coming back to work the next day. No, I only I only have one. It's all I get, but that's okay. I take the one. It's see, good. see, <laughs> yeah. As a former golfer, I know. <laughs> former, he's even smarter. Right? That's what it is. I don't know <laughs> yeah, that that's an expensive hobby. There. <laughs> I hadn't. See, I that's hadn't why I don't golf. golf. That's it. I hadn't played no. in six years. <laughs> I haven't played in six years, and I went last week, and it was horrible until like the fifth hole, and then it just all came back all of a sudden. You had a shot, and up there's back. You said yeah, you had the shot. You had the and, shot. And yeah. I went with I went with someone that's new to golfing, and so you know at first they were like, "Oh yeah, you know, we're about the same," and I was like, "Well, I'm just I'm really rusty. I promise I'm a lot better than this." And then we got to that fifth, sixth hole, and they're like, "Oh well, you are pretty good." Then <laughs> I was like, "I told you, I'm really rusty." <laughs> You were taking it easy on them, Chance. That was so kind of you. Oh, I don't. I was doing all kinds of stuff wrong. <laughs> first goal, so. so what? What is it for you, Chance? Like your favorite part? It's the same thing as Jeff. Um, you know, when that light bulb comes on, when a, you know I'll teach something, and then you know maybe it's the next class, maybe it's you know six months from now. But you know, one of the apprentices comes in. And it's like, hey, you remember when we were going over motors? He's like, I did some motors the other day, and I I totally got it. I understood it. Um, so just knowing that you, you have that impact, um, you know, and, and not just from the apprentice, you know, I had a, I had a uh, project manager come to me uh, a couple years ago. Um, you know, I'm always trying to reach out to our training partners and, um, I got, uh, I got Lutron to come out and, um, you know, they gave me a bunch of the Vive system stuff and I put it in the classroom. Um, and I, I get it from Graybar every time I'm doing like a, a building automation or a lighting essentials class and we'll upgrade a room in the building. You know, we'll put in um, occupancy sensors and Pico switches and stuff like that. And I had a project manager come to me and, and told me that my apprentices were running his lighting crew as apprentices because they were the only ones that knew how to do the system because they learned it in class. And so... Little things like that, you know, it's like, oh, man, I really am, you know, I'm not just here wasting, you know, my time and their time. I'm actually making a difference. That's a good deal, buddy. And it only gets better. The longer you teach, the better it gets when you find somebody that's been out 10, 12 years, come back and tell you thank you for doing doing your job. That's when it gets even better. So Yeah, and feeling that that connection, like I keep saying connection, but it's just I went the college route. I have no qualms about that. That was for me. Um, but, you know, it, as a college professor – uh, you're not getting to see that what you guys experience is this moment of connection where it's, oh, you did this on the job and you're seeing it in the classroom or vice versa. You learned it in the classroom and now you're putting it into play on the job. And I think that's just one of the beautiful things about what you all get to do um, is to really see that and experience it. Um, did anything, okay, you've kind of touched on it, but I think more specifically, is there any moment that stands out um, kind of as a defining moment in your career as an instructor thus far? We know you've got a much longer career as an instructor ahead of you, but so far, has something stood out for you? Uh, Jeff, how about you? Uh, actually, yeah, it was uh, it, it, the, one of the students in, in my very first group of classes uh, at his graduation banquet. He, it, it, as a student, he always came across as the class clown. You know, I'm not real bright. I'm just kind of here. I'm going to be a hippie, grow my hair long, grow my beard. And, and I go out and I party all the time and um, always held a job and, and always made the grade, but never really 
you know, stood out as one of the rock stars in the class. Um, and, and as soon as he turned out, he drug up and hit the road. He had said he was going to travel and he traveled uh, and he came back for his banquet and uh, actually came up to me and said, thank you for everything that I had taught him. And it, it, it kind of caught me unaware. I was like, what? He goes, it's amazing what all you taught me that I've now seen out on the road. And it's helped me be a better journeyman. Um, and it's helped me hold jobs out on the road. He goes, I didn't think about it when I was in class. But uh, he said, thank you. There you go. Again, that's why you do it. And we all grow up sooner or later. I can't claim being the best when I started out as well. But we all do get a little mature as we age, which is a good deal. He does. He does. He still emails me. We're, we're friends on Facebook and, and we still stay in contact. He's, he, you know, he's obviously still on the road, but he lets me know what's going on. You know, the things that are, that are happening where work is good, where, you know, contractors are, are maybe not the best contractors, but uh, we, we do still stay in touch. And, and I think he's the only one out of that entire class that, that I still stay in touch with. That's yeah. I could see why that would be your choice of, of a moment to look back on and, and really pinpoint, because you don't always see the evidence right away. I mean, there's people that you've influenced that you haven't even heard back from yet, you know, but. Don't get me wrong, Cindy. I've heard from, from other students, but this was when I was a brand new instructor. Right. And, and I, I taught that class for, I only had them for two years. I had them for second year and I had them for fourth year. You know, which, which it, it, a lot of it was motors in fourth year and, and that he came back and told me, you know, thank you. He goes, I, I get it now because he was doing it. Right. So, and right. again, it was when I was a brand new green instructor that that's what really struck me. So I, I, I did something right, even in the beginning. Yeah. Nice encouragement early on. I mean, that would be certainly be helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Chance, what about you defining moment? I don't think I have like a one big defining moment. It's always just a, it's a bunch of little moments. Um, you know, like the earlier one, I was talking about that, that um, project manager and stuff like that. But, um, you know, people call me all the time, ask me questions, just journeymen and stuff like that. And um, I guess if I could, if I could pick one, there, there was an instructor up here when I was going through the apprenticeship and he's now on our committee. So he doesn't teach anymore. Um but this guy's like the code guru, like people call him constantly and ask him code questions. Um, and he knows everything. Um, and a couple of years ago, he called me and asked me a question and, uh, and wanted to know my interpretation. And it's like, Oh, I made it. I'm, he called me and asked me a question. Like, You've arrived. I must be a good instructor now because he called me. <laughs> and this guy like sleeps, you know, with his code book under his pillow, like, <laughs> he's absorbing it while he's wow yeah. that's yeah that's learning through osmosis that's what I, <laughs> that no that is incredible that's an incredible moment chance to be able to to recognize that okay this is someone you've probably in some ways looked up to and and admired for that and now to feel that peer-to-peer -peer moment um I mean, that would, that would be incredible, but I agree with you. It's not always one big thing. I think you know, there's a lot of sayings out there, a little cliche, but, you know, it's the, the little things that really are the big things. And so I agree. I think those, those things that you guys have both talked about that you've experienced throughout just day to day or week to week, you know, are, are really often the defining moments, but they're not something big that anybody would be like, ooh, wow, 
Well, know, it's important it's, to understand the, the little moments because every instructor affects every student, mm-hmm. every apprentice that you look at. And those 99% of them are those little moments that the, the apprentice is going to have you'll never know about. But you've affected them in the right way by being a good instructor. So that's what matters. Sure. Mm. And we know it's not all roses and rainbows and unicorns and whatever other beautiful, fluffy things uh, we can think of. <laughs> I know. So maybe we've got, you know, we're talking to the wrong two people because everything's always perfect for you guys. But we know you face challenges. And, and you know, I'm sure you talk to other instructors. You've gone to NTI. You've mentioned that. Um, so what are some of the maybe more common challenges either you've faced or that you know other instructors face? We only have an hour, right? This could take a long time. Okay, I'm going to cap both of you. You have two minutes for your response. Steve Anderson, yeah. two minutes? Or? Oh, yeah. We won't talk about yeah lengthy uh, responses from our staff, so we'll, uh, we'll leave those out. But something that stands out to you, Jeff, maybe that's a, you know, a challenge? Technology, uh, integrating technology into the classroom. Uh, that was a big leap. Um, Chance, I don't know about you, um, we were all book-based when I came through. You know, you had that stack of books you got every, every for us every eight months, um, and you just essentially went home, taught yourself the material out of the book, filled in all the answers, brought them back, and, and you spent the day or you spent your class time going over the homework questions. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot of hands-on, um, and seeing the the big leap that they made um, to LMS which has introduced technology to the classroom. And there's a lot of instructors that aren't familiar with it. They're not comfortable with it. And uh, going to NTI, I think, is, is, is a great networking opportunity. And you can explain uh, or have explained to you things that you're, you don't maybe understand about um, different technologies that are available. Right. Yeah, I, I, that makes so much sense. Chance that or, or something else that you're thinking of. Um. You know, I've talked to a lot of instructors at NTI over the last uh, seven, eight years. Um, and, and the biggest thing I see is just uh, being extremely overworked. Um, when I first, like I, I said earlier, you know, when I, I first uh, applied, the other two instructors had resigned and I really didn't know why. And I should have looked into that. And one of the reasons is they were extremely overworked. Um, you know, we just have two instructors for about 150 apprentices. Um, we were, we're to the point we had started so many apprentices uh, right before the pandemic that we were about to hire a third, but then that happened. And so it's like, well, we can't hire a third now, but we already started all these apprentices. So you got to pick up the slack, got you. Yeah. And so uh, I've talked to a lot of instructors yeah. and, and everyone is extremely overworked, you know, especially, you know, and, and I'm not taking anything away from part-time instructors because they're extremely overworked too. I mean, they work all day long and then got to try to find time to do um, their teaching in the evenings. But like as a daytime instructor, like I'm not just an instructor. I'm, I've got all kinds of day-to-day tasks I, I have to do. I do uh, all the testing for, you know, CWCEs organizing in and journeyman organizing in. I proctor all those tests. Um you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the maintenance man around the building, you know, like, hey, the toilet's broken. Oh, you, know? you do. <laughs> oh, yeah. I see. I told you, we all have these problems. Um, so it's, everyone's just extremely kind of, you know, understaffed and, and uh, overworked uh, everywhere. And so that's one of the biggest struggles. And it's just trying to find balance um, and not get burned out. Um, 
and that's why I love NTI so much. Because, uh, like Jeff said, networking, you get to go and, and talk to other instructors and see that, you know, they're facing the same struggles that you're facing. You know, throughout the year, you're you're isolated and on this island all by yourself and, and really don't, you can't, you have, you've got apprentices in front of you, but you can't complain to your apprentices and, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. But when you can get around other peers and like, hey, this is what I've got going on and yeah, me too. But this is what I did to, to, you know, help with that. And it's just a great experience. And it kind of recharges me every single year. And then I come back and I'm just as overloaded as before, but I'm okay for a little bit. Yeah. Well, it, it does re kind of re-energize you for, for a couple months. Yep. It fades though. And then you got to go back. Yeah, most of our industry don't realize what it takes to be an instructor. They really don't. A good instructor, put it to you that way. And the amount of time and effort you put into it, there's, there's, the rewarding pay of a paycheck is not the only reason why you do it. It is hard work. You are continuously being pushed uh, to do all the maintenance jobs, all the general work you do every day. Yeah, the hours that you're compensated for, no, by no means take care of all of your time. There's no doubt. So these guys are just good examples of what most of our instructors are. That's what we do. That's what we do, why we do it, because we love it. Those moments you have of seeing the light bulb comes on is why are you there. And this, it helps somebody out, and they can see that. And I love how, Chance, you were talking about – you know, because everybody's worst is their worst. And if we start comparing them, that's different, right? What Todd's saddest moment versus mine, one may seem insignificant, but regardless, it's mine and yours. And thinking to to what you were saying about the difference in full-time and part-time, whatever it is, is your situation, your stress, you're overwhelmed. Um, and, and I came from a JTC or, or worked at a JTC that it was part-time instructors. And you did, you saw that where they've been at work all day, you know, most of them in the field, so they're coming in, they're switching gears from that to teaching, you know, and they're trying to find that time. They've got families, many of them. Um, so trying to find that balance of having their own life, they're taking care of, you know, possibly a spouse and children and then having um, time to do their prep for school, but then also their work responsibilities, you know, from that full-time job. And and then, you you know, as you've pointed out, what it's like for a full-time instructor and what you're dealing with. And I think, you know, the challenge is there. I think it's it's easy for those of us not instructing that aren't teaching to sit back and assume, right, that you've got it easier. Because I think we're all guilty of get, of that, um, of not seeing that side of things. Right. Unless you've done it, our industry looks at the instructor's job, I think you have a cush job. Unless you've oh, done it, then you look at it. I can agree more with that. Oh, yeah. I've been plenty, plenty of guys, mm-hmm. uh, both from, from my class and then that are just journeymen either that I've worked with or worked for. Uh, coming up that just seem to think I have this gravy job. Right. And all you do, you show up when you show up. All you have to do is see those kids for six hours. <laughs> yeah, that's all you have to do, right? You have no idea. And, and I've told a few of them, I would trade jobs with you in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. And then they, what do you mean? I work this and I work all these hours and I'm out here and I'm out there. I'm like, you're, you're doing it. See, we may, we may be doing our industry a disservice now because Chance said he became an instructor because he didn't ask why the two left ahead of him. So and here we are describing it for everybody. So yeah. we might all just let this go, Sandy. We might cut I think the end part out. We're going to end out here. Yeah. <laughs> it was rough in the beginning. Uh, but I, I, early on, I got a new training director. Mm-hmm. Um, I was probably a month in from getting hired, and then my training director resigned too um and so it was just me and the other new instructor and that was it our office manager of 30 years retired at the same time and so it was pretty rough but i got i got an amazing training director um and he he turned it around and um you know if he wouldn't have come on board 
I don't know if I'd still be here. So your support staff really, really makes or breaks, um, you know, your JTC. Yeah, I mean, it's team. I mean, any you come down to anything. We could go our industry, any other organization or industry. It's it's the teamwork, it's the support, the camaraderie, all of that. And yeah, I mean, you you've nailed all of this. I think the difference Todd mentioned it, an instructor versus a good instructor. You know, they're and, and I've my kids are fortunate. Um, they've had good teachers. You know, throughout their short careers in whether high school, middle school, or elementary. But you know, you hear the horror stories of of people that do have teachers that are burnt out and probably rightfully so, um, or those that are just kind of doing it. You have those that are just doing it to do it um, for a paycheck. And and so I think, as you all are describing, the difference between that instructor that is really devoted and dedicated, whether they're full-time or part-time, you know, so for someone to say, cush job, easy, you're, you know, you're taking the easy told. route. Those, those exact words, what I was told when I became an instructor the first time, is it was well, not really what it is. It's more than that. Yeah. So much more. Well, you've both mentioned NTI, and I, I suppose we've kind of even addressed this, but how does it influence or how has it influenced thus far your professional development, Chance? Well, um, it, was, it was a big eye-opener that first year I went to NTI. You know, I got hired on uh, the December, late December of the year before, and so, um, you know, I was just kind of fumbling my way through it uh, for, you know, seven, eight months, and then I got there, and I was like, well, I'm doing everything wrong like i don't even know what i've been doing these poor guys that i've thought for half a year um so i mean the things that i learned at nti are just invaluable um i don't think i would still be here today uh teaching um if i if i hadn't gone to nti um i feel like my classes are better uh i'm more prepared um, the students get a lot more from my instruction and labs, uh, than they would if, if I didn't have that training. Um, I mean, they say we're all subject matter experts, but we're not, we're not instructors. We don't, we don't know how to teach. Um, and it doesn't matter how much, you know, if you don't know how to get that information to the learner, um, it's, it's pointless. And so, um, I feel like NTI, um, you know, made my career what it is today, and and I'd be back out in the field if I didn't have it because mm-hmm. I, I couldn't I couldn't do this without it. Right, Jeff, your experience similar? Uh, oh, d- d- dealing with a couple thousand other instructors from across the country. Uh, what's not to love about that? Uh, the networking, uh, the information, um, you know, troubleshooting, problem solving skills coping skills that you can get from some of these, from these other instructors, it, it's phenomenal. Um, I know we said it before, when, when we come back from, from NTI, we're re-energized and it carries us through quite, quite a ways through the year until the next one comes up. And uh, just, just having that, being able to, to, to get with all of your peers and, and kind of vent and, and get, you know, constructive feedback from that venting and, and, be, and, and also to be able to provide it, um, I find is, is, is probably the, the biggest benefit from NTI. The classes are great. The, for, the four-year program and then the advanced studies program were phenomenal, um, but they're taught by university professors. Um, we're not a university, you know, we, we teach electric workers. Mm-hmm. So getting with, with your peers that do that, I think is, is 
it's huge to be able to, to bounce ideas off of them, uh, both back and forth to, to come up with better, better ways to, to teach our students. Right. And I want to like for the listeners, um, we're not trying to like the goal in this. First of all, we did not pay <laughs> Chance and Jeff to say any of this. Um, uh, checks in the mail, guys. Uh, but <laughs> um, but really, like the point is not to push NTI on anyone. I think from from our perspective, this is about support and resource and what you all said. And and I appreciate what you said. And again, I think it was from the heart. It was from your experience. Um, so for anyone listening that's been on the fence about NTI or you know whether it be an instructor, committee member, training director, like the value in it you know, we're not looking, this isn't about promoting us. This is about supporting and promoting the local program. Right. And either chance or Jeff said it and the key word being coping and all those mechanisms you just talked about, that's coping, learning how to adjust the students, your curriculum, technology changes, how you change it. All that's instructors faced with coping with all that every day and talking to your peers gives you great ideas. How did they solve the problem? How do they communicate to the students? How do they communicate to the training director? All those uh, networking age that you learn, that, that's part of coping. And that's one of the biggest benefits of National Training Institute, our NTI. Right. Yeah, I just, I think me, you know, that's just my feelings. I think independence has its place, but I think we as humans are much better interdependent. And and so this offering that opportunity is, is to me, fantastic. Um, all right, so you talked, both of you, I think might have mentioned it, but Jeff was talking about technology, that being one of the challenges. So I'm thinking about the CML, which is computer-mediated learning. Um, everyone's hearing it from us, and then we've got a bunch of mixed feelings, but kind of want to get from you all, honest, right? That's This is a podcast. We want honesty. Um, but what do you like about a shift to something like that, and what are your concerns? Because um, we want to hear those, too. So uh, Chance... Things you like about the idea of a CML and what would be some concerns you have? Um, I guess I'll start with things that, that I think I would like about it. And then again, it's it's new. I've just heard bits and pieces and things like that. Um, but I think if, you know, just in my day-to-day -day teaching, like, you know, students like we'll, we'll have a lecture or we'll have, you know, whatever, they'll go home and they've totally forgot what I said two weeks ago and they're trying to do homework and things like that. So Having it, you know, right there where they can go back and go through it and, and get that instruction on their own is nice. Um, and, and they don't have to try to remember back to, you know, when they were in class, however long that was ago. And, and every JATC is so different. You know, I see these guys every every other week. Some people see their guys every week. Some guys see them, you know, months in between. I mean, it's just so different. So to try to retain, um, you know, that that information over that long of a time can be difficult. So, you know, giving it in that format, um, you know, I, th I think is a lot better. Um, things that I, I, I'm concerned about, um, you know, one thing, you know, isolating students and, yeah. and then not learning uh, in, in a classroom environment where, you know, we've talked about that peer-to-peer -peer instruction being so critical um, and, and, and learning from each other. Um, and I talked about it earlier too. The you know I can see on their faces if they're if they're grasping something, um, and that kind of guides me through my instruction uh, of what I need to reiterate or go back over. Um, and so not having that face to face, I think it's it's there's a there's a loss there um, as well. Um, but it's like anything else; it's scary. Change is scary. Uh, I don't like change. <laughs> 
uh, apprentices don't like change. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm not completely set in my ways. I feel like I'm pretty innovative and you have to be to be in these positions uh, to, to teach, especially different generations. Um, but I mean, it, it'll work out however, however it comes out, you know, mm -hmm. we'll, we'll get through it. There'll be growing pains um, and we'll make, we'll make the best out of whatever we have. That's, that's what we do every single day. And that's what we'll continue to do. Yeah. I have no doubt you guys will do that. And as well as you, you express some valid concerns. So this there and the loss of the student, the way I view it, and all those things you talk about us losing the, the mind of the apprentice and the interaction is there. Uh, we work on those, and those are valid concerns. We'll always have those in mind going forward. So thank you, Chance, for that. Mm -hmm. Jeff, what were you thinking about? Uh, well, I was listening to Chance, and, and uh, to be honest, Todd, when you brought that up a couple of years ago, there there was a lot of you know, eye rolling and, are, are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> um, and and I, I've given it a lot of thought because – who here doesn't use videos to, to teach with? Uh, there, there's a there's an entire series of videos I used from a guy on YouTube for motors. Yeah, and uh, it, it's phenomenal because he can explain it and he shows it uh, better than I could. I don't have those kind of training aids in the classroom. So to to say, yeah, we could it it, it can be useful. It can be useful. Um, is it going to replace that that face to face interaction with the students? Uh, I don't think so. I, I don't think a video is going to be able to answer every question that an apprentice is going to have. Um, and, and I, I think, think exactly that, right that that's going to keep the instructors relevant. Um, but it is nice to be able to to go back and, and review something. Um, like Chance said, there's things he's taught and he knows the, the, the students forget it about the time they hit the door to the building. Um, and, and being able to go back to that is uh is a great thing um because it can be more thought provoking they may get something out of it on their own um and then be able to come back to class or even email you and ask questions about it that that weren't addressed uh, in the video which is perfect what it's designed to do exactly that and it's not so much to lose interaction with the apprentice it's more to actually to gain your skill sets may have to change in your interaction in other words i want to shift that focus I use an example, my staff's tired of here talking about this, but it's a good time to reiterate it now. DC theory, for example, first year class in DC theory normally takes you 40 hours to teach that course. Employed a CML curriculum, well, 20 hours of that may be going now to teaching the course, not 40, because now that 20 hours is taken up by the CML delivery of the training materials, and you're still there as an instructor, make sure they see you get the light bulbs come on, but then 20 hours of hands-on training is introduced with it. That's the idea of CML. We want to get that hands-on training component involved with that, that delivery mechanism. And that, therefore, your skill sets and instructors, sorry, guys, you know, there's always change, always innovation. But, um, yeah, it's going to be this more, how do we use it? How do we take that DC theory knowledge and use it so that I know my students get it? And that's, that's the idea. Uh, you'll see different types of light bulbs in a different classroom setting, but you'll still see them. And I, I, I think the most innovative of us in humans um, – I think we all feel some resistance to change. I think we get intimidated by it. I think it maybe challenges us to think, am I as good as I think I am or am I going to find someone better? I mean, there's just, there's a lot of things we deal with. We kind of tap into insecurities even, and I am the worst creature of habit and comfort. Um, oh God, it's, I, I live in a box. And so someone can be talking about something and it'll take, you got to like pick me up out of it and set me down somewhere else for me to really like connect. It's really sad. And we won't talk anymore about that, but 
there's nothing more constant than change. And, and we all know that. And I think it's that finding that balance and we learned it, you know, COVID as, as awful and horrible as it is, it's taught us a lot. I think about ourselves individually and, and certainly our organization and industry. And, you know, we've recognized the value in Zoom and virtual and how we can still stay connected and, and, and do those sorts of things. But we've also realized you can't replace face-to-face. You can't, you just can't. And we, you know, see the value in people that are starting to get back together and able to go places and how it's like, yeah, we might be able to accomplish certain things via Zoom, let's say, but there's something still missing. And I, you know, thinking of the comfort and change, like NTI, everyone that was following that, you know, it was, we were going to try to do live, we went virtual, and then 28 days out, we decided to go live again. Um, I was dying because it's like, no, 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 no. For the past however long, I've been presenting and doing things virtual. I got a system down. Don't you tell me we're going live now. I have to change everything. Like I was a little mad. You tell me I can't wear pajamas, you know, like to do this anymore. And, but again, being there once I got there, oh, wow. I wouldn't have traded having that, um, that moment. And so I think, I I think it's life. And And I could go through a million examples for me personally, where it's like, once you get into something, I, Last one, uh, being at the JTC, I was at the Knoxville JTC when, you know, you, you ordered first year kit complete. You know, I, I want to like go to church and say, can I get a witness? Um, <laughs> I hear my, my congregation saying, amen. Uh, you know, so you know how easy that was? We've got how many first years? Okay, 25 first year kit complete. How many second years do we have? So that first time that it was like, oh, there's something called what? And we have to do this. And then, okay, then you moved from that to now there's blended learning. And now I'm doing, and, and f- from the side of the people, the admin doing that, I wanted to pull, you know, my hair out. Um, but then you start to see when you can step back from the inconvenience that it was causing me and my job and see the benefit to the program, to the individuals that were training, when I could finally step back and see the bigger picture. And that's just, that's not always easy to do. I was wondering where you were going with that, but it's good to get you wind up that way. I yeah, I was heading to a good direction, I swear, I swear. But it, re- it really, like, you could see it. You could, you could watch it happen. But sometimes it's a matter of opening our eyes to it. So, um, oh, so we've talked about NTI, and you guys uh, did something really awesome. And I've heard about it from several people. So just would you try to, I guess, do your best to capture um, the results of the capstone project you did? And that was a part of your advanced studies. And if you want to explain that a little bit more, I'll let you, the two of you handle that. Whoever wants to go first. (laughs) Wow. Um, Yeah, the advanced studies definitely, it was not what I thought it was going to be this year. Uh, the first couple of years, it was kind of, okay, I understand now you, you're, we're, we're going beyond master instructor now and in, in into instructional specialist, which, which involves, you know, maybe designing some curriculum. And it, and it was the first two years I thought were, were preparing us to do that. We were learning about research, um, how to put together the results of research. Um, which is not something that, that we as electrical instructors do uh, a whole lot. I mean, guys, guys maybe up there that work for Utah do that curriculum development, and they're the ones that are putting together all those 
all that information into a coherent class. Um, this year, I honestly thought we were just going to get paired up with a PE and help them teach. And uh, I thought, well, you know, I, I could not go this year, but I would rather just get done with it. Um, go up there. It's a small group. We can we can finish up and, and, and I can move on to whatever is going to come next next year. And uh, yeah, Jeremy Dickerson cured me of that illusion really, really quick. <laughs> Um, Chance, you pipe in here because um, uh, I know you and I talked about yeah, this quite a bit. Um, it wasn't anything we expected. No, um, you know, I didn't. I didn't quite know what to expect. Um, I knew that uh, that that course, that capstone course, was um, you know us co-teaching, and and that's what it was for one of our uh, classmates because there was only three of us that showed up. Um, but but Jeremy and, and Tim Ross had, had other plans for us. And so they tasked us with a qualitative research project. They wanted us to come up with questions uh, to ask of our peers, of the second year students. Um, and they kind of gave us some categories they wanted us to hit, uh, you know, problems that, that these instructors faced, whether they were in, um, you know, technology, curriculum, um, delivery, classroom management, time management, all these different things. Yeah, so, support staff issues. Support was, staff was issues. So we, we, you know, we got together, Jeff and I, and, and we came up with uh, interview questions, and then we started interviewing. We quickly found out that uh, we had way too many questions and not enough time to get all this done in a week. Um, you know, gather the data, you know, cull the data, come up with, trends and 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 put it all together in a presentation by the end of the week uh so we had to cut some questions but those instructors i mean they really opened up to us um i think some of the most meaningful information that we got from it was stuff that we didn't even ask yep um and we saw a lot of trends i mean there's a lot of one-offs every every jatc is so different in in the way that they operate uh, and problems that that they face on an individual level, uh, but there are trends across the entire country um, that instructors face the same problems, and so you know we kind of identified those and we presented those, and along with you know the findings, also some mitigation tactics, things that could be done. Um, and one of the biggest ones that kind of cleared up a lot of it was just having enough time to plan and prep and make proper lesson plans. You know, that really, that really took care of a lot of the problems. It did. Um, it did. Yep. But like Jeff was saying, like one of the big things is like staff turnover, um, you know, lose an assistant training director or a training director, and then you lose that knowledge base and you get somebody new in. Um, I hear about training director, openings all the time. So I can only imagine that there's, you know, some instructor out there that, you know, doesn't know what's going to happen. He doesn't know who his new training director is going to be, how things are going to operate. Um, you know, fortunately, I don't think my, my training director is going anywhere and I don't want him to go anywhere. Uh, he will retire, you know, one day, but uh, I'm going to try to hold on to him as long as I can um, because uh, my support staff's good and, and without them, it would be very difficult, but. Yeah. Chime in, Jeff. Whatever. I, yeah, I agree with you. I've, I've got you know, David Bedraws, our training director. Uh, he has been a, a, a long time training director. I think he got here in, I don't know, 01, I think, 01 or 03. And he, he fell on the heels of, of the longest serving training director, I guess, in the, in the NJATC, 
uh, up to that point. Um, so, so there's been a good continuity uh, in this on the on the support staff side. Um, but is there a lot of interface with them? And that was what we found. I think was, was a big problem was there's not a lot of interface between the front office and and the instructors. Um, or if there was interface, it, it tended to be one direction, you know, from the top down, and and there there was no no path for information to come from the instructors going up to uh, training directors and then into uh, committees to be addressed. Yeah, I want to thank both of you guys for willing to talk about your capstone project. And what it, what it reinforces to me is I always tell that when we develop our courses, you know, we here at the Electric Training Alliance, always keep the apprentice in mind. I mean, that's what we're here for, worried about that apprentice. But your capstone project showed us more than that. To me, it really showed me to learn, well, there's some concerns our instructors have that we're not addressing on our level, which we can find better ways to do. So your capstone project, it just didn't work for you and instructors. It also helps us. So thank you both for that. Yeah, it's so important. And I, communication is something I care about. And I, uh, you know, as you as we were talking about the CML, I'm thinking, okay, we want to make sure we're communicating out uh, the proper information, making sure we're getting it out there to help people with understanding and then opening ourselves up for questions, for comments and concerns, because um, that's how we learn. Uh, so yeah, the, seeing the importance of the communication between the training director, the admin staff, the committee, and the instructor and not having that gap. But there was something that uh, was shared. The results, one of the, the key findings that I thought was interesting, like of all the concerns that the instructors or their struggles and challenges, there was one thing that they all said, and I hope you all know what I'm talking about. I don't want to say it. I'd rather you say it. But what was the one thing that they all came back and said? Do you, do you know what I'm t where I'm headed? I think I, I know where you're heading. Um, it, it's something that, that Jeff and I talked about. I, I think this is what you're talking about. Um, all these struggles that all these uh, instructors had and, you know, things that they dealt with every single day, they, none of them hated their job. They, they all wanted oh. to continue teaching um the they may be barriers and obstacles but they were not things that were gonna you know in their career uh and they still loved teaching apprentices and coming into work every single day yeah that was that was again that was one of, and it wasn't a question we asked but it's none of these guys said i'm gonna quit this job you know i, I i'm gonna go back to the field they they all loved or really enjoyed at, at least what they were doing and I know for, coming from an admin uh, side of things at the JTC that to hear that, to hear they love it, I don't want to be the reason to make them hate it. I don't want to be the reason that you consider quitting. You, so I, I think it's so valuable to have that kind of information. Like these are people that are dedicated and committed. They just need some support. They need to know they're heard. And we all need that. We That's all what the Capstone Project said to me, exactly that. So as long as they can be heard and what we're doing to support the instructor in the classroom, yeah, it's about the apprentice, I get it, but it's also about that instructor, finding ways to do that. Absolutely. And I, I don't think we could tell you enough how much we appreciate your time and doing this. You're busy. We've kind of addressed that and, and all the things that probably overwhelm you. I'm sure that there's a lot on your list just for today. Um, but it was interesting. I was actually talking to one of my mentors on the way in, uh, this morning to the office. And I was actually sharing with him, you know, the things that I'm, I'm doing this week. And I, I said, Hey, I want you to know you're one of the main reasons I'm here 
that I'm able to, to be doing what I'm doing, the things that you've put in me, the things you've taught me, the things you drew out of me. And I'm, I'm saying that to say, you know, Jeff talked about the one person that came back and I know there was others, but you, you were highlighting this one person. And I think, you know, we don't always know the influence. We don't always hear about it. Um, but then, you know, you'll watch, I don't know, awards shows, right? Let's go to award shows and you'll hear, you know, actors, artists, musicians, you know, say this teacher, you know, or I remember Mr. So-and-so or Miss So-and-so and how that person and whether they went on, you know, whether it's a teacher saying this is why I teach or if it's someone doing some other field, but saying it was that person and what they put into me that caused me to have maybe the confidence to move forward or, you know, kind of help spark something that led me on the path I'm on. And I'm just sitting here, you know, listening to the two of you thinking, I don't think you probably have a clue how many people are using your name to say it's because of chance, it's because of Jeff that I'm here or I'm able to do this or that um, and that they'll go on to who knows, right? I mean, this it's limitless where our apprentices can go in their career. And so knowing that you played a part in that. So if you don't hear it enough, I want you to hear it from us, um, from Todd and I, from the Electrical Training yeah, Alliance, how much so. we appreciate Thank you, you mm -hmm. and all that you do. Well, thank you. It's, it's always nice to hear from the parent organization, uh, especially on this kind of a one-on-one -on -one basis. Um, because, you know, Todd, you know, when you talk to us, it's typically in that big auditorium. Right. Right. It's good to see you here now face-to-face -face and tell you thank you. That means a lot to me as well. So you guys are where it happens, and I know that. So thank you again. Yeah, and I feel challenged for us to do, a, a, you know, to do that, Better to job. make sure we're it. communicating our thanks more, you know, to you all. So... Thank you. I, I just, I feel like I would have to say it a hundred times to even do any kind of good, uh, but, but really, really appreciate not just your time here, but what you do every day. It's uh, well, like I said, it's, it's rewarding because even my training director told me we, we never, no instructor takes that job chasing money. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's, uh, it's how it's true. It wasn't the first choice. <laughs> right. All right. What a great first episode of the brand new podcast. Um, so at the end of each episode, we are going to share our takeaway or rather our say what moment. Um, and when we think of a what, we think power and energy. And so that's what we'll be sharing with you. What stood out as powerful and energizing from the episode? So Todd, what stood out to you from the conversation today? Well, you think about our instructors and who we have teaching apprentices in our classes, how powerful that is. There's a lot of motivation there. There's a lot of commitment, uh, dedication to succeed and uh, teach our apprentice their career, their career pathway. And seeing their passion, all that's pretty powerful. Agreed. Yeah. And, and realizing how it's easy to get um, stuck and comfortable. And, and I'm speaking for, let's say, myself from the JTC perspective, is to, to kind of take for granted what you have, the gold you have, if you will, in those instructors and just recognizing, you know, their passion and make sure that we are energizing them, you know, that we are giving them what they need to succeed in that classroom. And that was reinforced as well here in the chance and uh, Jeff both speak here today that that commitment they have and what we need to do at the electric training alliance is creating tools to help support them. Uh, there's no doubt that was supported several times over in our conversations today, which I heard that, heard it loud and clear. For sure. Yeah. Because if we're supporting the apprentices, we've got to absolutely support the instructors. Um, 
Thank you so much to our guests, to Chance and Jeff. They were incredible and so wonderful to talk with. Uh, big thanks to you, the listeners, for taking time to join us. Just a reminder that we want to hear from you. So if there are topics that you'd like us to talk about and to cover, just send an email to me, and you can do that at saywhat at electricaltrainingalliance.org. Our next episode is going to be in November, and we are going to be talking about VEEP. It's going to be, uh, you know, we've got Veterans Day in November, so it seemed quite appropriate. And that's the Veterans Electrical, or yeah, Veterans Electrical Entry Program. I get stuck on that one. Chance, like I was saying this as well, it's also Marine Corps birthday, so in November. It's so perfect. Yeah, perfect month for this. So until then, until next month, stay connected with us through our newsletters, our blog posts. Be sure to follow us on social media, subscribe to our podcast, and share it with someone. Until then, we ask that you stay powered up, and we will see you next time.